It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yahoo! Hello, you guys. Guess where I am today? Back at the office. Woohoo! <laughs> a lot of woohoos today. Um, we're having some construction done in our kitchen because we had to get rid of uh, the cracked granite countertop. So with uh, about nine guys and a bunch of like jackhammers, sledgehammers, crowbars, and lots of noise, I, and it's going to be going on all week in various forms. So yours truly is working from the office uh, and considering I got my first vaccine, Moderna, because I know people always ask, what'd you get? I got Moderna. I got it on Friday afternoon. So anyway, uh, today we are going to do what genre is this? Very excited to do that. Uh, we're going to listen. I think I've got 20 things on the list that Liz gave me. We are going to listen to uh, these things and you guys are going to voice your opinion as to what genre you think it is. We're not actually going to do any totals of the different genres because I think it'll take too much time, but we'll see consensus or not in the chat room. And then once we see the consensus or the, the chatting um, die down, then I will tell you what the person who submitted thought that it was. So there you go. So yeah, back in the office, I got to tell you, I came over here yesterday and uh, it's... Uh, it's not weird being back in the office because I come here like once a week anyway. <clears throat> I'm frequently here on weekends, but it was weird doing the setup for Taxi TV. Um, and, and I just realized about 20 minutes ago when I started getting ready for the show, it's like, oh, crap, I didn't bring the second laptop to play the music from. But I have a phone. <laughs> you can see all the greasy fingerprints on my phone. So I'm going to be playing stuff from the phone today. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, is singer-songwriter a genre per se? Yes, it is. Um, it, it's one of those genres like pop that kind of changes in the moment, depending. But yeah, if uh, you're singing it and you wrote it, um, there you go. It's singer-songwriter. Uh, why do I have such a dark office? No, well, it's because the office came with these chocolate brown blinds behind me. The entire complex has these chocolate brown, chocolate brown blinds. Try and say that three times quickly. But Nancy, you'll be happy to know that I've ordered a green screen. It should be arriving tomorrow. <clears throat> and with any luck, I should have brought my throat lozenges with me. Uh, Anyway, with any luck, uh, I will have a photograph of the background of my house behind me. Maybe not for tomorrow's quarantine happy hour, but probably by Thursday. So there you go. Um, we back at work, I see. Well, I'm always at work. <laughs> always. Um, <laughs> no, Deb is actually running the construction. She's the general contractor right now. Um it's funny, one of the people on the staff just asked me a little bit ago um, if I got more work done at home or here. And the answer is, when I was at home alone, when Deb was stuck in Israel for three months, I got a lot of work done. Uh, oh, thank you, Liz. Liz brought me <clears throat> a throat lozenge. Yay, thank you. A Ricola. Ricola. Free commercial. Somebody bill them. 
Anyway, I'm going to have a cough drop in my mouth for a moment. Actually, let me grab a water. I'll be right back. Somebody taught me years ago, um, <clears throat> you should always, before you hit the stage or go on camera, have a cough drop. So I do that at home, and I didn't bring them here. Anyway, <clears throat> I have a loogie in there. <laughs> Classy operation we run, huh? Anyway, um, Deborah is when Deb and I are in the same place. Uh, when she first got home from Israel after she recuperated from the jet lag, uh, I was working at home and she started coming in the office for four or five hours a day. Um, and I was still getting a lot of work done. And then recently, in the last two or three weeks, she's been working out of the house more. Um, she hides up in the bedroom and opens up the window. She loves fresh air and green stuff. So she sits a little seating area or sitting area we've got and she does her uh work up there so when she's up there and i'm downstairs i get a lot done it's when she comes downstairs sorry and engages in uh husband and wife banter like what color granite do you think we should get what are we having for dinner tonight because i cook most nights um Things like that, that it distracts me. Today she's been driving me nuts. Um, I hope she's not watching the show. <laughs> but she's been driving me nuts with, um, you know, like, should the light switches be higher or lower? Um, Uh-oh, let me... How do I do that? I've got to mute some stuff, otherwise the music will keep getting interrupted. Mute notifications, okay. And mute notifications. <clears throat> okay, should be good to go without getting interrupted. Anyway, let's get started because we got about 20 things to listen to. Um, so... I don't think I'm going to play these all the way through. I'll try and play like a minute and a half, two minutes of each one, just so we can try and get through all 20. Liz picked them. I, th I don't know if she picked them randomly or probably the order in which they came in. Um, so that's that. There we are, back on that page. Weird doing it from my phone. So, okay, here's the deal. And you can start blurting these out uh, as soon as you've got an idea. Um, yes, Michael got kicked out of the house by construction people redoing the countertops and backsplash. Um, ooh, Robbie's got the show dialed in on his big screen today. Yep, kitchen construction. <clears throat> Liz said they were all chosen randomly. Okay, um, I did miss the NS10s. Oh, you know what I did though yesterday when I came over here to do a little bring back my lighting and get everything wired up and set up for the show? I listened to Abbey Road on vinyl on the NS10s. Um, one of our staff members, Matt, who many of you know, gave me this for either a birthday or holiday thing several years ago. And my wife just got me a turntable like a year and a half ago. Keep it here at the office. 
So uh, I came in and listened to Abbey Road turned up pretty darn loud, I've got to say. Um, I love that record. I'm not sure if I like Abbey Road or the White Album better. I love them both. But uh, I was shocked by how many like obvious edits I heard and other, I mean, stuff that I've never noticed before. And I've heard that album, obviously, hundreds of times, possibly even a couple thousand times over the years. But yeah, yesterday I sat right here, turned around, I was probably a little closer than I should be to the NS10s. I towed them in a little bit to get the full stereo effect. And uh, I wish that my friend Jeff Emmerich was still alive because I, would, I actually went to call him and I realized, oh man, he passed away like a year or so ago, which I'm very sad to say. But... Um, yeah, the Beatles edit stuff. <laughs> there were a lot of edits that I heard. And uh, I was going to call Jeff up and go, hey, Jeff, was, was that an edit or was that a mistake? Um, I heard things that were a little out of time, just stuff that I've never heard before. But, you know, all part of the Beatle experience. So, all right, let's listen for what genre is this. So just belt them out. Let's see if people you know, how much consensus we get. So the first thing, hey, the first thing we're going to listen to is called Riding Close to the Wind by Ian Shortle, who I just saw in the room a minute ago. Um, one of our regulars, glad to have you on board. And uh, like I said, I'll fade it probably like a minute or so into it. Uh, here we go, Riding Close to the Wind.
some nice laid work in there. Yay! All right. All right. I would say that the majority of you said that that was Southern Rock. And Ian had classic rock slash or country question mark. Um, my personal opinion is Southern Rock, um, classic rock. I mean, before Southern Rock was a thing, which was what, like mid-70s, maybe in the early 70s, uh, like before Leonard Skinner and 38 Special and bands like that, this would have probably been called just rock. Now, looking back, it would be called classic rock, but it definitely has some Southern rock to it. So, um, and Nancy Colell says, the main thing is I really liked it. Yay, I think a lot of people did. So there you go. Uh, you were definitely in the ballpark on that one, Ian. Um, let's see what we got here next. This one is called Alone Again. It's an instrumental by Colette Fallon. Let's have a listen. Let me get that fader back up there. Uh, how was the level on that, by the way? I had to readjust everything and working from the phone. All right, we're good on the level. Yay. All right, here we go. Alone Again, instrumental by Colette Fallon.
Yahoo! Trying to pause. Okay, there we go. I'm paused. Um, so what was the consensus? Uh, I saw a lot of classical. Um, by the way, uh, Colette said neoclassical, question mark? Actually, I don't know if Liz put the question marks in, if you guys did, but uh, neoclassical. Um, I would say, personally, I would say classical. I think a lot of you said classical. Um, romantic solo piano. I like that. Uh, yeah, I actually thought I've got um, Steve Barden's incredibly good book. If you guys don't have this, buy it. Writing Production Music by Steve Barden. Liz will throw the, the link in the chat for you in a second. Um, in the back, he's got Appendix A and Appendix B. Uh, Appendix A is music genres. He's got primary genres and subgenres. It's really, really good. Um, it's kind of scary when you see how many genres there are. Um, and then in Appendix B, which, believe it or not, comes right after Appendix A, where's that page, he's got moods and feelings. So I think we all agree that, um, that you know, that was classical. Um, Peter Rahill says modern classical. What's the difference between modern classical and neoclassical? <laughs> I'm confused. Um, anyway, uh, John Pearson has nailed it perfectly. Placeable piano. That's what you want. Something usable, something that can be placed in a scene because it creates a mood. So what mood is this? Um, romantic? A little contemplative, maybe? That was my big word for the day. Wistful? Um, anyway, that did feel usable. So good job on that Colette. Um, yes, Edmund, I'm back in the office because our kitchen is being torn up so we can finally get the cracked granite countertop replaced. So a bunch of guys with very, very loud tools and a lot of dust in the house. So I'm here for another week or so. Um, maybe forever. I don't know. Um, now that melancholic, I, I, you know, Pedro, slightly. It it could be. It it did. It wasn't like gut wrenching melancholic. You know, uh, melancholic is that what baby watermelons get <laughs> when they cry all night and you can't figure it out? Oh, the baby's got melancholic. Maybe just take the seeds out and the kid will go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, man, the jokes are cheap um, and not very good either. Anyway, yes, I'm back in the office. Uh, yeah, and, you know, thank God the numbers of infections are going down. More and more people are getting uh, the shots. So who knows? Whimsically pensive. ML needs a rock star. You know what? You are so right, JP. I'll be right back. There we go. I've got a rock star. Chug a lug. I'm back. 
and I'm better than ever. Melancholics are out of season. Yeah, but you know what is in season? Sumo citrus. The really large, like almost grapefruit-sized, um, they're kind of a tangerine. They're cross between a tangerine, a caracara orange, and a pomelo, and they're about yay big. Um, no seeds, really easy to peel. Um, my favorite thing. Right up there, you know, like with a really good cut of steak or something. Um, sumo. Just look up Sumo Citrus. Um, $2.99 a pound, and they weigh about three-quarters of a pound each. They're heavy. Uh, product placement, there you go. You know, if I were at home, I would hold one up. I'm sure I did it. By the way, do you realize we're coming up? We are going to have an anniversary show. I'm going to look up. I think of somewhere around, I'd say March 27th or 8th that we did our first quarantini um, from my house last year when we bugged out. So I want to do a quarantini happy hour anniversary show. Uh, congratulations to all of us for staying alive for a year and hanging out together and having so much fun. Um, and remember a year ago, I had the problem with the coyote that was visiting three or four nights a week. Well, we woke up yesterday morning, went out in the backyard and look at that, honey, there's a dog poop in the backyard and we don't own a dog. Oh, look at that. It's got rabbit fur in it. The coyotes are back. So I checked on my ring security camera video. Um, he was a little bit out of the area that the camera picks up, but for one split second, you could see a ghost of like two coyotes in our backyard. So coyote season is back. I'm guessing they're out collecting food for their little baby coyotes that are probably almost born. All right, moving on. Less talk, more music. <laughs> I bet you guys have said that before when I wasn't looking. Uh, this one's called Good Times. It's an instrumental by Andy Sarisa.
All right, that was Good Times Instrumental by Andy Sarisa. All right, let me pause that, and I can bring my fader back up. Um, so I saw a lot of rock varieties. Um, let's see, corporate 90s rock. Contemporary Rock Instrumental, Pool Party Pop, um, Alt Rock, Commercial Rock, uh, Rock, Not Edgy Enough to Be Rock, Question Mark, um, TV Series Rock, yeah, there's a genre, Daryl, <laughs> Pop Rock or Sport Rock, uh, I saw some people early on when I first started playing, people saying that it was indie rock, um, light rock, funk rock, uh, alt rock, indie rock, uh, late 70s American new wave. Excuse me, must be afraid of reverb. Why, I'm afraid that that is actually not a genre cast. But I've got to say, I did have the same thought, so I'm going to talk about that for a quick second. Um, it sounded like everything was coming down a wire. Uh, it, it, there was no air, no sense of the music took place in a space. It doesn't need to be swimming in reverb, but it definitely needs some sort of reverb, some little room to it, um, something that take because it sounds very much like the guitars were jacked into... Uh, you know, straight in and uh, just everything sounded like it was all done in the box and right down a wire. It needs some reverb, needs some room, needs some air. So good observation, Cass. I agree with you. Uh, Ocean Way Remike. There you go. I'm a big fan of... Uh, of remiking, I really am. Use that technique a lot back when I used to work in the studio. And just in case you guys are wondering what remiking is, it is actually taking something, playing it back. You could play it through an NS10. Oh, look at that, right there, NS10. Um, could play it through an Oratone. Um, you could plug it into a guitar amp as long as you didn't like uh, overdrive it too much, but. Uh, maybe you want to actually but anyway you bring it out of your system um, and amplify it and then put a couple microphones in the room depending on the sound there's just i could do a whole half hour on this but depending on how you want it to sound um you know try miking it up close with a 57 then um maybe uh large capsule condenser mic three feet away and then a room mic that's like 10 or 20 feet away and just listen to those and you'll hear that you get some room sound added to it speaking of which this is for marion who i believe was asking about 57s the other day so i thought of you when i was here yesterday marion doing my setup and I was looking for a wire and I saw 
this bad boy, look at that, never been opened before. The good folks at Sure actually sent me this. This is what a 57 looks like. This is a classic American microphone. It's like the 57 Chevy of microphones. It's an end fire dynamic microphone that you could probably drive nails with. Um, it's an American classic. Reliable, sturdy, um, inexpensive. Aren't they like a hundred bucks? I couldn't resist. Um, everybody should have at least 157. Um, and a couple of 58s. 58 is just the live version that's got the, um, you know, the little pop filter thing in the end. All right, moving on. Uh, now we have, this is called Another Song. We have another song called Another Song. This is by Christopher Hargrove, and here we go. So sorry to interrupt Christopher don't hate me for that man oh man if they ever need a Don Henley clone you're the guy
All right. That was another song by Christopher Hargrove. All right. I saw Southern rock, classic rock, blues rock, and I think, frankly, that they're all kind of correct. I mean, early Fleetwood Mac was a blues rock band, but I don't know that people really pegged them so much as blues rock you know, back in the Peter Green days, even though later people did. I just, I'm old enough to remember when that record was new, or those records were new, and um, I don't think we called it blues rock back then. Um, eh, John Mayle was blues rock, but I don't know, Fraggle Rock, there you go. Um, anyway, uh I, I thought that was a good track, and uh, I saw somebody mention there this one needs reverb too, and I agree. Um, I, I wish I could teach, you know, do a whole taxi TV on just reverb, but it's so, there are no absolute prescriptions for it. It's a matter of taste, and it's a matter of experience. It's a matter of context, my favorite word. Um, there are too many genres now, Ken. I agree with you. Bad Company flirted with blues rock. Yep, they did. All right. Let's listen now to One Life to Live by Mr. Dan Weber. Let me get that fader up. Uh, here we go. One Life to Live, Dan Weber. <laughs>
All right. That was One Life to Live by our very own Dan Weber. I am looking back. Oops, made a mess over there. Um, a lot of you were saying stop, clap, rock. Um, you know, track-wise, yeah, the, the melody didn't lend itself all that well to stomp clap or clap stomp or whatever <laughs> whatever they call it uh, stomp clap but it it was a very cool melody i liked it um i'm thinking that it would be well served to have some sort of unison gang vocals in there not harmonies but like a group of male voices doing huh! You know, some sort of call and response thing feels like it would work well with the attitude of that song and the melody. Um, stomp rock, metalocity, <laughs> stomp clap. I, I would say stomp clap rock, um, stadium rock could work for that. Uh, thump and clap. And yes, good reverb on that one. Tribal Rock, there you go. Michael's on the money. Wow. I used to do it for a living. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, good job, Dan. The kids liked it. All right, the next one up is called Funk All That Jazz. This is by Dave Barnett. Let me get... Whoops. Didn't want to do that. It's a little harder doing this on my phone. Okay. Fader up. Here we go. I'm so sorry. I will restart that one. But yes, I, I should have mentioned that Dan had indie rock. Um, I don't know that it was indie rock. It didn't have some of the attributes of, you know, didn't sound that indie. The, the melody might have been, but the rest of it didn't sound all that indie to me. Anyway, let me take this back to the top. Here we go.
I let it play all the way through. Wow. Um, okay, first of all, the crowd goes wild. Hello, Andre Stepanian. Um, <laughs> Cass McKenty's getting too snarky. We'll be quiet. Go milk a goat, Cass. <laughs> I almost wore my goat t-shirt today, but it's a little chilly for that. Um, all right, so everybody, obviously, I mean, it's got jazz in the title. Um, I thought it was fairly Ocean's Eleven-y. Um, you guys had all kinds of jazz listed. Uh, celebratory jazz, yeah, it, it has a bit of a self-assured attitude to it. Um, jazz fusion, modern jazz, mildly Latin, mildly. Lighter smooth jazz, smooth jazz. Uh, strip joint jazz, I wouldn't know, Daryl. Um, where is Mrs. Warner right now? Um, let's see, drums are very rock, rock ballad. Nah, definitely not a rock ballad. Sorry on that one. Jazz blues. Um, mambo jazz, lounge jazz, Latin jazz, rock, orchestral jazz. Man, all over the place. Jazzy, bluesy rock. Uh, wow. Anyway, uh, jazz with attitude. I'm with Ken. What did Ken? Big band swing. Um, by the way, the horn sounded great in that. Um, Dave thought it was Latin jazz. Uh, it didn't have a whole lot. It did have some Latin, but not a whole lot. I don't know that Latin, the Latin stuff was predominant enough to make that its genre. Um, was that, in fact, Matt Vanderbilt playing horns or trumpet? Is Dave in the room? Oh, it was Matt. Awesome. Well, good playing on his part. Uh, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. I had no idea that he was that good uh, as a player. And excellent job on recording those uh, horns. I'm curious what he used. Um, wow. Anyway, great job. Nice piece. My genre, Ocean's Eleven, not a genre. All right, moving on. Uh, this one is called... Why, why, why won't they do that? There we go. The Dress by David Martin. dress you wore that night in a resale window stealing all the light velvet lace and secrets betrayal trimmed in white I saw the dress you wore that night I saw the smile you tried to hide Station waiting for your ride. 
Friends I'd never seen Laughing by your side I saw the smile you tried to hide I lived the life you gave away Going through the motions Faking day by day Missing ever after Dreams in disarray David Martin. Um, I saw the dress you wore that night. First thing that popped into my sick head was Bill Clinton. Why? I don't know. Um, <coughs> several of you were mentioning Leonard Cohen. I, the, there's no question that the vocal delivery was uh, like Leonard Cohenopolis. <laughs> it, it was like Leonard Cohen with a, a Greek band behind him um, and I'm not saying that to be funny but that's what it sounds like um, it was oh, there was like a crooner element to it um, but the vocal felt very much from another you know like another genre it was like two things that didn't necessarily go together um, <laughs> oh man um uh, Great minds think alike, Peter Rahill and Mojo. <laughs> Buster Poindexter. Wow, haven't heard much from him lately. Tom Waits. No, not not enough gravel in the throat. Uh, <laughs> Gypsy Cohen. Yeah, there you go. Andre's got it. Charles Aznavour. Um, it's that kind of thing. I, I don't even know... Uh, what genre he's in. Um, anyway, um, nah, not quirky singer songwriter. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought it was kind of cool, but again, I felt like there was, uh, like the vocal delivery was one genre and the rest of the song was something else. Um, but I've got to say, David, I think that what you think it is is pretty way off. David had it pegged as indie folk. 
Charles Aznavour's French Romantic. Yeah, you know what? Um, this is kind of like romantic crooner with Leonard Cohen singing. Um, anyway, there you go. All right, the next one is from Ewart Williams. And let me get to it. I'll take it back to the top. Oh, damn it. It's hard to do this on the phone. Um, all right. Uh, this is called Moncru, Mon, Moncuz, Cuz, M-O-N-C-Z, Instrumental by Ewart Williams. Let's have a listen. Title again is Mon, M-O-N, that's my French accent, C-U-Z, I don't know if that's like cuz or cous, because it's French, I don't know. Um, and I saw a lot of people saying contemporary jazz, smooth jazz, um, 
I think somebody nailed it. The genre is David Sanborn. <laughs> yeah, let me look that up right here in Steve's book. Let's see, David Sanborn. Uh, yeah, no, but you know what? Um, here, let's find out. I mean, David Sanborn is smooth jazz, is he not? Bob James, another one like that. Marcus Miller, David Sanborn, man, looking good. Uh, his solo recordings typically blend jazz and instrumental pop and R&B. Uh, wow. Okay. So, no, not Lawrence Welk. Come on, Tom. <laughs> a one, a two. Uh... Dictionary has a picture of Kenny G under smooth jazz. Yeah, well, the saxophone certainly sent that direction. Um, Bob James. I actually have the Bob James Taxi album. In the, we have a showcase with all kinds of taxi memorabilia in the conference room. And we've got the taxi TV show theme album with... Uh, Bob James sitting behind the wheel of a checker cab, much like that one right there. All right. Oh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and Eward had it down as smooth jazz. Okay, next one up is called Lost in the Shuffle, and it's by John Hope. I don't know why these things are like auto-playing. I've got to change that setting.
All right. That was Lost in the Shuffle by John Hope. Uh, I saw a lot of funk mention, jazz funk. It did change, had a major change of direction about halfway through there. It just became something else. Um, Van Morrison's band, I like it. Um, John, little word of advice. Uh, if you ever want to pitch that for film and TV, take the city traffic stuff out of the beginning because that makes it unusable. Um, it's cool, but, it, you know, if it were a record, it'd be great. Uh, downtown funk. Um, traveling music, funky music to drive by. Funk. Funky jazz, funky R&B. Uh, funkadelic. Um, if, and the bass was great. The beginning, I saw, uh, John Pearson said, ah, the bass is great. Starts off with the bass. I thought it was great bass sound. Um, so hats off on that. To me, it, it, it reminded me a little bit of Buddy Miles. If anybody remembers who Buddy Miles is, it just didn't commit. It, it felt like there was some cool playing in there and some cool ideas in there. But it didn't commit. It just didn't commit to one thing or another. So it was kind of in this netherland. Yeah, whatever. Um, it was a cool piece. Missing a central theme. Uh, John Hope said he meant to send a vocal version. Well, it happens. Yep, Michael's at the office. Work getting done in the kitchen at home. I may stay here permanently. Um, okay. Um, next, we have one from our very own John Pearson. Yeah. the weirdest thing in this phone every time i hit pause it stays pause for a while and then starts playing the next thing again uh do we play your submission by any chance uh i don't think so pat um oh you're actually next on the list and i had nothing to do with that it's just the sheer power of thought you know it's like Ask the question. Boom, there you are. Anybody else want to ask a question? All right. Anyway, let's listen to JP's thing. This is called Heart in Your Pocket. And here we go. I don't want you to put it away. I don't want you to leave it on the counter. Keep it tucked down close and safe. Because, girl, you control the power to bring me back to life again. To fill the empty space within. I think of you and don't regret the part I lost the day we met. Since then, you've been walking around with my heart in your pocket. Walking around. Oh, 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 my heart in your pocket. Oh, 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 oh
for your phone and accidentally dial my number. And when my face lights up your screen, maybe your heart will remember where we can start, where we left off. Excellent job, JP. Really, really, really strong. Just everybody nailed it. So obvious. It's pop. It's got a little Latin influence to it. Um, but man, that's radio pop right up the middle. Um, it needs an Andre Stepanian overdub. I could just hear Andre having an, adding a little Andre magic to that. Um, and maybe when it does the the drop it needs to come in with something bigger and more substantial and bottom endy um for for a second i thought like wow you know big guitar but i don't know that it would lend itself well to that but anyway um really 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 good good job jp all right and next like i said come on phone uh, next, we have Mr. Pat Wara, his song, Get Up. Don't 
right, that was Get Up by Pat Wara, and I was remiss in not telling you that JP, John Pearson, thought his song was pop or singer-songwriter, so you clearly know your genre. Um, and Pat, I'm not going to tell you what he said till you guys tell me what it was. Um, let me scroll up a little bit because I was yammering away there. Yeah, pretty much everybody saying punk rock, indie punk rock, theater rock, interesting, hard rock, heavy metal, uh, Three Doors Down. Who was the lead singer in Three Doors Down? I've got a picture of me with him from like 10, 12 years ago. Very nice guy. Spent like an afternoon with him. We were on a panel together somewhere. Oh, in Hawaii, I think, at the Hawaii Songwriters. Um, love the guitar tone. Thank you, Polly. Uh, punk metal, gentle metal. There's a genre I've never heard of, but gentle metal. I like it. Uh, indie punk rock. Anyway, uh, three floors up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yes, Pat nailed it. Apparently, he agrees with the consensus, which is punk. Yes. Matt Roberts? No. That's not who I was hanging out with. I think he's from Three Doors Down. Anyway, I'll dig out the picture someday and show him on a quarantine happy hour. Um, okay, next thing is Teardrop, an instrumental from John Lindemann. Let me find it here.
All right. That was Teardrop, the instrumental by John Lindemann. And funny enough, I think Stu Thaler said it. Stu called it a dirge, and that's exactly what John had. Um, I mean, melancholy, certainly. Um, yeah, depressing. <laughs> or it would be work for a depressing scene. It's not the depressing. Ambient soundtrack? Mm. I was seeing Bruce Wayne at his parents' funeral. <laughs> Post-tragedy. Meditation? Well, if you're meditating about somebody close that recently passed away. Uh, right, it's not a dirge by definition, Polly points out, but certainly the right mood, yep. <laughs> oh, man, sometimes you guys, well, most of the time you guys crack me up. Yeah, I think Peter Rahill nailed it. Not easy to river dance to it. There you go. <laughs> that That's the genre. Good job, Peter. We can always count on you for nailing the genre. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Filling the Hole by Marcy Martell.
There's my $5 fade for you. <laughs> All right. That is Marcy Martell. Um, and I saw, first of all, people love that. Uh, a lot of nice compliments. Um, Americana Alternative. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, uh, many, many people. I think the consensus was singer-songwriter. I saw um, indie singer-songwriter, a couple other like subgenres of singer-songwriter. Um, I think that we can all agree that it was well-crafted, well-recorded, well-produced. The lyric was great. The vocal delivery was extremely appropriate for it. Um, and I got to say, the tambourine sound, it's really hard to get a great sounding tambourine. I don't know if that was a sample or an actual tambourine, but that was a really good tambourine sound coming from somebody who's quite an expert on tambourines. <laughs> it is one of the hardest instruments to make sound great, I will say. So nice going, Marcy Martell. Um, is Marcy Martell in the chat room? Oh, yeah. Uh, was that a real tambourine or was that a sample tambourine? I'm dying to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Retired recording engineers want to know. As a real tambourine. Well, excellent job. I'm curious, uh, what microphone do you remember? Which microphone did you use? Oh, Marcy didn't produce it. Okay. All right. Well, tell whoever did that um, an aging retired engineer who found it very difficult to get great sounding tambourine sounds uh, says my compliments to the chef. All right. Uh, next up, we have Unstoppable from Melissa Doris. <sighs> Some 
Yay. All right. That was Unstoppable by Melissa Doris. Um, and what say you guys as the genre? Let's see. Let me go back up a little. We got a lot of pop punk, rock punk, indie pop, pop rock, modern pop. Uh, let's see. Vocals need more low. That's not a genre. Singer, songwriter. Yeah. Pop punk, pop punk, indie pop. Euro pop rock. Interesting. Um, okay. So, Melissa thought it was either alt rock or power pop. Um, I don't actually think it's either of those. I mean, it kind of skirts the fringes a little bit. Um, not so much of alt rock, but power. I mean, it's an empowerment song, but the vocal delivery is kind of indie. Um, so I'm going with indie pop would be a little bit Cindy Lauper-ish. <laughs> you know, she's got psoriasis. <laughs> Just say it's not like I'm, you know, telling tales out of school. We've all been watching those commercials for far too many years now. College radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, I agree with Cass that the elements were there. There's something cool about that. I mean, the, the lyric is actually really good for female empowerment or empowerment in general. Um, it just doesn't feel empowered. That's the breakdown. But I, I would say that you're probably closest to like indie pop. Um, all right. Ooh, this next one, I get to break out the fact, I've told you guys, I took French 101 four years in a row at three different high schools and flunked it every semester for four years. Ah. <sighs> It was not easy being me. Um, so this one, I get to break out my French. Pour l'amour du football. Uh, this is by Michael Lehman. And let us have a listen. That means for the love of football.
All right. That was Pour l'amour du football, which means the love of football. Um, and you guys, let's see, Kids Pop, uh, Trey Bien. <laughs> Uh, How It's Made Pop. Absolutely. I love that show. It's the greatest thing on television. Um, Electro Pop, 70s, 80s, retro. There was definitely some 80s going on there. Um, Cute piece. It was. Synth Pop. uh, Absolutely. I've got to say, I would say that it was like 80s synth pop. Somebody put Flash. Tom Hoy says Flash Dance. Oh, Pedro said 80s synth pop. Um, very 80s corporate pop by the way wouldn't you like to be the person that wrote the music that runs in the my pillow commercial it's like you can't turn on regular tv and not see the my pillow commercial and it's been running for what you know like eight or ten years i hope that that guy's making back end on that because he'll never work again she'll never work again as long as they live edm Andre, no. <laughs> not your best guess there, buddy. That is definitely not EDM. <laughs> um, I like Pearson's corporate pop. Uh, you know what? Uh, Susan Fairbairn, Fairbairn um, children's pop. I've got grandkids that range between the ages of three and five, and I've seen the videos that they watch on YouTube and that would work really well and that would be great actually in some kids animated stuff all right um maybe with children playing football without shoulder pads and helmets just to make it interesting i'm kidding you know i'm kidding right all right the next one we have up is the protector by pierre venio
All right, that was The Protector by Pierre Venio. Pierre thought it was R&B or gospel. Um, I wouldn't go with either of those personally. Um, let's see, you guys saying jazz fusion, instrumental jazzy pop. A uh, little New Orleans crept in there. It, it, it was literally like musical stew. It had so many elements in it. Um, but let's figure out what the meat and potatoes were. Jazz fusion, instrumental jazzy pop, um, quirky, whimsical jazz, love sofa. What? What does that mean? Uh, cyber funk jazz. Lots of elements here. Well, I agree with you on that, Andre. Uh, light jazz, funky waltz. I mean, I had a, a, oh gosh, why can I never remember his name? The guitar player in Chic. Um, one of the great rhythm, greatest rhythm guitar players of all time. Um, it had that kind of guitar part in it, so part of me wanted to call it funk, but there was other stuff in it that didn't really go with that. A jazz light. Didn't have jazz chords. Niall Rogers. I can never remember his name. Um, yeah, I, I like that Niall Rogers guitar part. Anyway, um, yeah, that one does not have a great identity. It, it's dying to have one. Figure out what the most important elements are and give it a singular identity, Pierre. Um, all right, and Pierre had it as R&B and gospel. All right, folks, we are out of time. Thank you for joining me today for this fun exercise. Hope we can, hope we all learned a little something. I learned that it took me two and a half hours to get the camera working on the setup yesterday. So I'd be ready for the show today, but I'm glad it's all working. The lighting looks spectacular. I can't wait to get my green screen in and can't wait to be able to use our kitchen again. Maybe I'll lose some weight. Um, see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we are going to talk about the email that was sent in, or the, the thing in the comment area last week, um, mixing vocals to be challenging, uh, blah, 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 comes a decision, how bright, how forward the lead vocals should be, how far back the harmony should be, where it should be panned, how much reverb, what type of reverb, what delay instead of, or why delay instead of reverb. All that stuff. So tomorrow we are talking vocal production. All right. And my guest will be Lady Gaga. <laughs> the greatest singer of our age. All right, you guys. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody for submitting your music. I appreciate it a bunch. And here we go. Bye-bye.